0: Welcome into the Shy Guys Football Podcast. Before we begin, I'd like to take a moment for our salute to service. As a veteran of the United States military, it was my distinct privilege to have experienced some of the most incredible support from our civilian counterparts. From care packages while we were deployed, to programs that enable us to take care of and provide for our families with a stable foundation while we're away, and everything else that you can imagine, your support has truly been the difference. If you are looking for a way to support our troops, or are someone who already has been, and I encourage you to consider some of the following nonprofit organizations. All of them make an incredible difference. Please visit the Wounded Warrior com, the Navy Marine Corps Relief Society at NMCRS.org, the Special Operations Warrior Foundation at specialops.org, Ops.org, Freedom Service and Hope for the Wounded Warriors.org. For those who need the help, they deserve it. Let's make sure we take care of our troops.
1: Fandom, welcome to the Shy Guys Football Podcast, your weekly source for fantasy football news and advice. I'm Donnie Mack, and with me as always is Anthony Lucasser.
0: Hey, how's it going, buddy?
1: (laughs) Well, we've got week two already down. Man, week two just kind of flew by for me. I don't know how it was for you, but I feel like we were just down here talking about at least how bad my first week was. Turned it around in week two. How about yourself? How'd your week two go?
0: Yeah, I had a pretty decent week too. You know, just coming back from vacation myself. So, um, you know, I'm I'm excited to be here, happy to be here. And, uh, you know, trying to manage a fantasy football roster while you're on vacation, (laughs) especially camping in the woods, right? right? Not the easiest thing in the world to do, but uh, it worked out okay. You know, I I had, (laughs) I took some key injuries uh, going into this week. And so I lost three of my top four picks in redraft. So it was a tough week. Uh, I still put up a decent amount of points, took the loss, but uh, I'm happy with the point total I got to keep me competitive for the point scored for the tiebreakers and things like that. Dynasty, I'm just going to I'm gonna wreck everything every week, so I'm not worried about that one, though. Yeah, we'll see about that. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of Dynasty. I'm coming for that trophy, man. Yeah, I'm coming we'll see. for it.
1: We'll see. I mean, either way, it's going to stay in the studio next year. So Yeah, either way. That's, that's we're all we're we still going
0: to be good. It, it doesn't
1: matter. Yeah. Well, speaking of big games this week, Peanut, little shout out there, Peanut. Had a heck of a week in Dynasty, 188 points.
0: Yeah, I think that's got to be like a league high uh, record so far for the Dynasty League for us. I mean, granted, it just started last year, but uh, yeah, definitely got to give her a little shout out. We completely missed last week. She blew up last week too, and uh, I got a little... uh, uh talking to when i got home and she saw the (laughs) she saw the clip as we were uh looking through it before we posted it on youtube she was a little upset we didn't give her a call out so that's definitely got to happen this time
1: there we go we fixed that
0: happy wife happy life
1: yeah exactly i want to mention that uh since it's not going to be relevant throughout the rest of the show i had a week where my kicker got me 17 points
0: that's always got to feel good oh it does oh man
1: and you know it makes up for some of the lesser production from some other guys but uh Still, overall, a good week. I'm happy with it. I think everyone is, uh, for the most part, happy with their week, too. Things are looking up. Things are getting a little bit back to normal. We're going to be talking about more of the studs and duds in a minute. But first, let's get to some of the news notes and injuries from around the league. And really, we should call this the injuries, injuries, and a bit or two of news. because yeah. This week, what, seven, seven torn ACLs.
0: 7-20 seals across the league just a, a massive injury week. Uh, if you got out of this week on skates, count yourself as lucky. Yeah. Everyone's going to be scrambling for the waiver wire. It, it's it's going to be we got to dissect this for sure.
1: Yeah, well, starting us off and this is a big one. Saquon Barkley. There's a lot of big ones. Torn ACL.
0: Yeah, Saquon's out for the year. That's it's horrendous. There's a lot of big injuries. Luckily, uh, a few of the bigger guys that got hurt all uh they're they're going to be making the return if, you know, after a little bit of time, but uh You know, NFL injuries happen. You always have to maintain your waiver wire. You always have to maintain looking at the guys that, uh, who should you start over who your chart starts hit decisions. And that's what we want to welcome you here to the show for. We want to help guide you guys through all these injuries and how to get through your season and get to that, get to that, uh, fantasy football title and claim that, uh, dominant championship trophy.
1: Definitely. Well, um, one of the other injuries this week that we will see returning, but after a couple of weeks, we have Christian McCaffrey, high ankle sprain, four to six weeks. Yeah, that one hurt me. Yeah. I'm sure it hurt a lot of people listening, especially after last week. Well, the number one pick, man. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But that's not – it's not season-ending, so Another big one, on.
0: Cortland Sutton coming up with the torn ACL. That's another, another, that's another big one, man. We yep. were really hoping for him to take strides going into the season. I'm already looking forward to next season, just so I can watch this guy play, man.
1: A <laughs> um, couple others we've got uh, Raheem Mostert, who we were originally waiting for an update. We were able to find out uh, as of right now, MCL sprain, no time frame yet, but not expected week three.
0: Yeah, so once again, guys, just keep in mind that we. So we would t- typically we we'll record on Tuesdays, and uh, so some of the information was regarding injuries. You're gonna have to keep your eye on throughout the week uh you you should definitely know who is is trending towards what there's updates out throughout all the week all you got to do is google your player it's not a big deal um but uh, we just want to remind you we do record on tuesday so keep track of these injuries as the week goes on and then in addition to that uh all the analysis that we give you is also going to be for half point ppr leagues
1: yep okay uh adams coming up with a hamstring injury we're still waiting on a severity update
0: yeah, that's set to be for updated uh, tomorrow, uh, Wednesday. So look out for Adams. That's that's going to be huge, Whether uh, what you're going to do with Lazard and MVS. Those guys could have massive weeks next week if Adams does not go.
1: Yep. All right, we got Jimmy G, ankle sprain, and we're at questionable right now.
0: Yeah, he's expected to miss. Uh, look for Nick Mullins to be the streaming quarterback for next week against, I believe, it's Denver. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that a little bit later on in the show as well.
1: Yep. We've got uh, Drew Locke coming up with a sprained AC joint 3 to 5 weeks. We've got Paris Campbell MCL and PCL uh undisclosed undisclosed timeline, but from what I read it's likely a season.
0: Yeah, they're they're up, they're cautiously optimistic that he'll be able to be come back towards the back end of the season, but yeah, it looks like for fantasy football season he's he's effectively done. You might be able to be looking at him towards the playoffs and into your championship matches, but at the same time, uh, we'd like to see some kind of uh, production history out of him before we start trusting him in our lineups at that point, barring right. any kind of irregular situations.
1: Okay, another one that, that may even be updated by the time you watch this podcast, Sterling Shepherd, waiting on confirmation of the diagnosis, but right now looking like turf toe. The MRI was scheduled for Monday, so for us yesterday. We have not received any updates today as of this recording. So by the time this goes up, you may know more about how long that's going to be. Um, not a great injury to play on, though.
0: No, yeah. If Turf toe is tough. Anytime you're hampered by your feet, you know, that's, that's right. going to be tough to run on, man.
1: Okay, rounding out our injuries, we have Tevin Coleman with a knee sprain. He, quote, could miss multiple weeks.
0: Yeah, and uh, so that's, I mean, with the 49ers having a platoon back, backfield, it's definitely a good idea to keep an eye on what's going on, the exact injury status. Of these guys, I mean, you have both Tevin Coleman and Raheem Mostart, which is their one and two. Uh, you got Jarek McKinnon in the third spot ready to take the uh, lead dog role there. So keep an eye on that. Jarek McKinnon is usually going to be a waiver guy in most leagues. So definitely uh, definitely good information to have. Uh, you know, there's a ton of more injuries that we could be covering, but we're trying to pack in uh, a ton of information into uh, hopefully a one-hour show. This is a jam-packed episode though so we might we might be a little bit over the hour mark so we're just kind of hitting some highlights on on a few things we're going to be leaving a lot of things on the table make sure you guys are tweeting at us or emailing us your questions and things that you need to know so that we can help you win your leagues
1: right exactly so rounding out our news this week after we get past those injuries we have news out of the giants picking up devonta freeman signed to replace saquon barkley or hopefully step in in that case
0: yeah, he's projected. They're they're in talks, and so the Giants are looking at bringing in Devontae Freeman. As of this recording, it was not official, and so uh, we'll we'll keep your eye on that throughout the week because the the big waiver wire target and, and a lot of people's waivers process tomorrow on Wednesday. Um, Deion Lewis, Wayne Gallman, or possibly even Devontae Freeman. If Freeman joins, my my money's on Freeman. I, I think that this is exactly the situation he's been waiting for, and so we'll get into that a little bit later.
1: Yeah, definitely. And the last bit of news this week. Blake Bortles, one year to Denver. Does anyone care?
0: Yeah, I was going to say and. Is there anything else? No? Right, no. no. But okay. we're, Hey, you know what?
1: We've, we, we were kind of – this was not a news-heavy week. The news this week was injury. and so. But we figured we'd still try and bring it to you in case the one or two of you out there.
0: Yeah, I mean, with Jeff Driscoll being uh, the starting quarterback right now, you had to bring in someone to back him up. And, you know, Bortles is a guy that can at least step, step up and be an NFL quarterback sort of
1: well we'll see all right so that'll do it for our news notes and injuries of week two we move right along to our studs and duds of week two and this was definitely a week of quarterbacks
0: yeah huge performances by the quarterbacks across the board it, 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 if you yeah if none you of got, them if, were mine if you bombed on a quarterback man i don't i don't know how you managed that one
1: oh i, I can tell you uh you know, Drew, Drew, Drew Brees and, yeah. uh, and Baker. Oops. Yeah, well, you know what? We'll see. <laughs> Not this week, but they, they will have their weeks.
0: They'll come back. They'll come
1: back. All right, well, looking at some of our studs in the quarterback position, um, Dak Prescott. And, uh, you know, I want to also throw in Cam and Josh Allen. Well, Cam and Josh Allen and Dak, effectively each 400 or higher yards this week. Coming in with between thirty-four and a half to Dak topping us off at thirty-nine point eight points. This is monster production, especially for yardage for these guys.
0: Yeah, and even Russell Wilson right up there with thirty-four point four points. You know, uh, these guys had just monster performances. You know, Josh Allen, and Russell Wilson building off what they did last week. Dak Prescott having a nice bounce back game. Cam Newton building off what he did uh, last week as well. Um, this is more, really more of a uh, you know, continuation of what we've been seeing, Kyler Murray, kind of the same thing. Uh, I don't expect these types of performances all the time, but it is nice when you do see them.
1: Right. Five quarterbacks this week above 30 points. Yeah,
0: no kidding. Uh, in at least in our half point PPR. And we do four points per touchdown for quarterback position as well.
1: Right. And even talking about just some honorable mentions, we can, there's so many other quarterbacks we could throw in here because we've got 14 quarterbacks that were over 20 points this week.
0: Yeah, I mean, you even had Jeff Driscoll coming up right up at 19.7, taking over for the injured Drew Locke. But the few guys that I want to highlight here are going to be, like, Ryan Tannehill uh, as, as coming off of a, a streamer type of situation. I think we called him as one of our streamers last week. I wound up with 26.8 points. Uh, you got Gardner Minshew, who I know I picked as a streamer last week. That's my boy. Uh, the Magic Mustache Man coming in with 24.5 points. And Ryan Fitzmagic bouncing back and actually having a pretty decent performance. Huh? Coming in with twenty four point three points. Good enough for the QB ten of the week.
1: Yeah. It's good to see that coming back. All right, for our running backs, this is where we're gonna introduce a new portion of our studs and duds segment. New we call it the uh sorry, the uh king of the moment. Can I space uh out for a little I bit did. there. I was looking I was looking on my sheet at some other notes and I started reading some some other notes I had here. No, sorry, the, fo-
0: focus on this one. What are we doing? What is this guy?
1: king of the moment king of the right now where my brain is trying to be outside of right now no the king of the the king of the right now the king of the moment of our of our studs and duds
0: is the top fantasy performer for the week exactly I have Aaron Jones holy Aaron Jones busting out at 43.6 points man 18 carries for 168 two touchdowns four receptions on eight targets for 68 and another touchdown this guy balled out against the Lions just destroyed them
1: yeah and and just I mean just as far as looking at the, the points difference between where we got Aaron Jones and the next name on our list, we're talking eighteen points. Eighteen points.
0: Eighteen points difference. So that's down, down. how big of a week. I mean, congratulations, Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones. You are the king of the moment, man. Right. All right. So our next guy uh, for our stud category is going to be Nick Chubb at the running back position. Twenty-five point eight points on twenty-two carries for one hundred and twenty-four yards and two TDs. Also adding in one catch for nine yards. He balled out him, he and both Kareem Hunt, who had an honorable game as well, uh, at, over at 23.1 points for the week. Cleveland finally got that running game going that I was talking about all off-season long between Nick Chubb and Cream Hunt. These two are incredible. They're going to just destroy everything that you put in front of them if you really dedicate to the running game. Well, Stefanski likes to do anyway, mm-hmm. and this is what I think is going to help alleviate a lot of the pressure off Baker as the year goes on. If they can really stick to this ground game, I think that they're it, it's going to be hard to stop it altogether, especially with their ability to receive coming out of the backfield, even Chubb too. I mean, I know Hunt's known for it, but Chubb's really great at it as well. And so I, I really like this Cleveland team to kind of dig its way out of its the hole that they, they found themselves in after week one. But they they looked good in their bounce back performance against Cincy,
1: man. Yeah. And I love seeing Nick Chubb putting up some big points because I bet big this year.
0: Yeah, I know you did. You went all in on Nick Chubb for sure. I went all in on Cream Hunt. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see what happens.
1: We've got a surprising name on here. At least a, a, I wasn't expecting this name this high.
0: Yeah. Leonard Fournette. Wait, what?
1: Right. Uh, exactly
0: 25.6 points 12 on 12 carries for 103 yards all oh, the two touchdowns okay yep. four receptions on, on five targets for is that right is that 13 yards um i might have to look that back <laughs> up after the show and make a correction uh he did have a 46 yard scamper for a td kind of skewing his y- average yards per carry and that's kind of what Fournette is he's he's kind of like the pedestrian three yards a carry kind of guy mm-hmm. but he's gonna break one every now and again and just kind of really break, burn past the second level he doesn't really seem to have the burst that i'm used to seeing with him um the last couple of years he's 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 lost it looks like he's lost his step already even at the young age but you know, as far as the stud category, hey, he, he shelled out, had a great game. And if you took a chance on Leonard Fournette this week, he paid off for you. I just don't know how you can start him uh, with the Ronald Jones situation right now. And Ronald Jones himself got a touchdown as well. Kind of a difficult situation there. So I'm not sure that anyone even got to capitalize on this Leonard Fournette touchdown or uh, rather a uh, 2TD game unless you're in a, like a deeper type of format. Sure. Yeah. But a guy everyone does have. Or not everyone, but every league does have, right? Everyone yeah. wishes they had. Everyone wishes they had Alvin Kamara. Uh, Cam- man, we're screwing this Super up. Today. Camario. Super Kamario. Super Kamario. See, that's what. Can I was, you believe we're
1: recording I, earlier than last
0: week? I know, right? Uh, <laughs> no, I, I had some kind of a mix in my head between Alvin Kamara and calling him Super Kamario. Yeah, uh, evidently it didn't. It didn't mesh well. But he did. <laughs> he did ball out today with uh, this weekend with thirty three point nine points on. Uh, 13 carries for 70, 79 yards and two touchdowns on Monday night, coming in with nine receptions on nine targets for 95 yards on top of it, and that's that's what Kamara brings to the table. That's
1: that receiving huge game. receiving.
0: I mean, the the rushing totals were great in and of itself, but you add Kamara's receiving game on top of it, and that's where he just really takes a step up into that elite category, and that's why you draft him with a top-five pick.
1: Yeah, definitely. Absolutely,
0: for sure. And then a couple other guys worth mentioning, James Robinson and James Conner both with – very admirable games. James Robinson filling in very nicely for the, the departed Leonard Fournette, uh, getting 19.5 points this week. And James Conner bouncing back from his, his uh, down week last week. I know with the injury, y- you didn't really know what to expect. A lot of people didn't even know if they were going to pull the plug on him and just run with Benny Snell. But Connor comes out for 16 carries on 160 yards and uh, adds, an, adds a TD on top of it. And Benny Snell actually, I think, had negative points finishing the week. Ouch. So interesting turn of events for week two over in Pittsburgh.
1: But yeah, most definitely. Here we are. All right. Well, looking at some of our wide receiver studs of the week, Calvin Ridley, 26.4 points, 7 for 10, 109 yards and two touchdowns. Whew.
0: Balling out, man. Absolutely. You know, with Julio hampered a little bit too, Ridley's, man, Ridley's really stepping up. It's mm-hmm. nice to see. It's very nice to see.
1: And not to be too outdone, another name I'm happy to see on here, Stephon Diggs, 25.3 points, 8 for 13, 153 yards and a touchdown.
0: Yeah, they really let Josh Allen Cook. I mean, going back to uh, that stat that you were talking about with over 400 yards passing and four four TDs, you know, he only rushed four times for 18 yards in that game. They really just let him air it out. And if that's what they're going to do on, you know – at least more often than not, then yeah, Diggs is going to have a fantastic season. It's going to be great. If you got him as late as you did in drafts, as you probably did, you got to be singing high praises right now.
1: Yeah, I'm hoping everything you just said about him comes true because my team could use it. Yeah, for sure. All right, rounding out our wide receiver studs, uh, Terry McLaurin, Julian Edelman, both sitting 22 points, 21.9 respectively. Um, pretty good production here. We're seeing uh, 7 for 10 out of McLaurin, 8, for, eight of 11 for Edelman. Yardage is where we get the difference. 125 for McLaurin, 179 for Edelman. Touchdown from McLaurin. No TD for Edelman, but still, these are good numbers out of both of them.
0: Yeah, very solid performances. McLaurin picking up right where he left off last season, and Julian Edelman really stepping up in this game. I mean, it's nice to see Julian Edelman have this kind of production without Tom Brady there, you know, because I... Edelman has been a a solid, reliable option in fantasy for a long time, but he's always had the same quarterback who likes his little slot receiver, Mm -hmm. right? Cam Newton has never really played that same. Cam Newton's a completely different style of quarterback. And so betting on Julian Edelman and putting him into your lineups and drafting him, those were all kind of risky propositions and you had to really like the guy to do it. It's got to be really gratifying to see these kinds of totals. Yeah, absolutely. For sure.
1: All right, some of our honorable mentions, we have Deontay Johnson and DJ Moore, both putting up solid production, but another one to keep an eye on, CeeDee Lamb.
0: Yeah, CeeDee Lamb is a rookie, so keep an eye out on your league. He may be a wa- waiver-wire guy. A lot of people don't like to take rookies and redraft leagues because y- it is a small bench, and so you only have so many spots, and some a lot of times with these rookies, you have to wait and see. You can't really afford to hold them in, that, in those kinds of positions, so... Uh, Take a peek, ski, see if he, he's there. I know he's definitely not in ours because we have a cowboy fan. He's got pretty much every cowboy on his <laughs> team, I believe, at this point.
1: We have a lot of team fans that have been picking up a lot of their team-specific players. Yeah, but we get a good league. mix too. Yeah. yeah, we get a good mix. All right, moving on to our tight ends, and wow, I mean, we we had a big quarterback week. We also had a pretty big tight end week this week too. Yeah, Tyler Higbeast.
0: twenty-five point nine points, five Ooh. receptions on five targets for. Only 54 yards, but the three TDs, three TDs. That's where you're looking for production from tight ends, man. You're gonna see tight ends just kind of bounce up and down. You, you, it, it's hard to find the tight ends that you can really count on every week. You know the Travis Kelsey, George Kittle's. You know, tight the tight end position is predicated on the on the on the TDs because as far as for a fantasy production standpoint goes, because. You're really not going to get a whole lot of tight ends that are just going to dominate and get a ton of yardage unless your name is Darren. I am the Walrus, which, (laughs) by the way, on our list. And so I'm going to go right into him next. You know, he showed that last year was not a fluke at all. 12 receptions on 16 targets for 103 yards and a touchdown. I mean, this dude had almost 50% of the target share for out of all the wide receivers for – or, I'm sorry, Las Vegas right. in this Monday night game against the Saints. I mean, he balled out and just completely dominated. And for some reason, he always just kind of like – he seemed to like disappear out there, didn't he? And then all of a sudden, the ball would be in the air, and oh, oh there's Darren Waller wide <laughs> open catching the ball. It's like, where did he come from? Yeah. Why was – what? What happened? uh it was fun to watch oh, man it was a lot of fun to watch you know who else was fun to watch johnny smith johnny smith went off oh, there's my boy there he is. there's my boy 22.4 points four receptions on five targets for 84 yards and two tds uh mike is having a breakout party he's another he's another one of my boys 23 points flat on eight receptions for out of 11 targets for 130 yards in the touchdown there, Those are totals I could get used to yeah, seeing. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. If he gets that kind of market share and volume, man, it's going to be a good season. <laughs> man, it's going to be a good season. Uh, and then uh, Jordan Reed kind of rounding us out. Oh, yeah, that little thing that's uh, George Kittle right. injured, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. They have Jordan Reed there. I kind of forgot about that. Well, he reminded us all in spectacular fashion, 20.5 points on seven receptions out of eight targets, 50 yards and two TD. So, you know, with Jordan Jordan Reed, you know, don't forget this guy was uh, previously a you know a dominant tight end in the league. It's really injury history. So he's kind of been on the shelf for a while now. Maybe he's fully healthy. I mean, let's let's see what he. I I, I got to go back and watch the game. I haven't gotten to that one yet. Like I said, I was on vacation. I haven't seen everything yet. That would that's I'm going to keep be keeping an eye on that uh, when I go back and watch this game sure. later this week. And then uh, just a few honorable mentions here. Dalton Schultz coming in, filling in for the uh, Blake Jarwin. Uh, 17.3 points, and I swear every time I saw Dalton Schultz catch the ball, I couldn't help but think that should have been Blake Jarwin. <laughs> stealing the Blake out season, man. Uh, nine receptions on 10 targets for 88 yards and a touchdown. Goodness gracious, I feel so bad for
1: Blake. You think he's, he's going to pinch that, uh, that Blake out away from him?
0: Oh, man. uh, Well, I... If he can do this all season long, which I mean that's that's going to be next to impossible, right? Sure. But if he can do this all season long, then yeah, I mean, I what do you do with Blake Jarwin? Because they did actually extend him. They I don't, um, they actually gave him an extension uh, coming into this year. I want to say it was like a three year. They're really counting on this guy to on Blake Jarwin to be their their guy. And now that he's gone for the season, they got to make do with what they got. And Dalton Schultz definitely shelling out. Uh, In addition, we saw fantastic performances from Noah Fantastic. Uh, uh, He uh, balled out with 15.7 points on four receptions for 57 yards. And excuse me on that one. And uh, Hayden Hurst also had a really solid week uh, with 15.7 points as well. Five catches, 72 yards, and a TD.
1: Fantastic, fantastic work there. Well, they can't all be studs this week. We need to have our duds. And just as exciting as some of our studs were this week, some of our duds are very disappointing to see some names down here. But uh, let's start us off with some quarterbacks.
0: Yeah, Kirk Cousins. Man, if you started Kirk Cousins, Ooh. I am sorry. Um, that one point. F- that one hurts. Yeah, that's got to hurt. That's, how does that happen? Uh, 1.5 points, uh, 11 for 26, 113 yards, and uh, three interceptions, no TDs. They got crushed. It's worth noting Minnesota only had four possessions in all of the second half. I mean, this was really a, a, a time of possession thing, but they are just getting dominated yeah. to open the season. It's I did still not, no excuse. Well, I, I did not expect them to get beaten so badly by the Packers <laughs> and then following up by the Colts. I mean, they were very good. They were ten and six last year, very yeah. competitive team, and so it's a little jarring to see them struggling this mightily this early in the season but so we'll, we'll we'll see if they can shake things off we'll see if they can rebound next week we'll see what it like is weird things happen in the first two weeks it's really by the end of week three that you know what your trends are so we'll see two points make a line not a pattern exactly uh, Daniel Jones also had a kind of a bummer week 8.7 points Look, who, eh, I wonder if anyone saw that coming right yeah, maybe, maybe talking about the hard matchups and the hard schedule that the Giants have this year losing Saquon probably didn't help admittedly um, but Daniel Jones going for uh, 25 for 40, uh, 241 yards, uh, no touchdowns, did throw an interception, and then he did run an, an additional three times for 21 yards. Yeah, honestly, he didn't look bad in that game. He looked fine. It's just, honestly, it's just a tough matchup, man. And uh, he was going to Evan Ingram quite a bit. He was leaning on Evan Ingram hard in that game. Uh, didn't really have anyone to step up and really take charge for him, though. And then Tom Brady with another disappointing week here, 9.7 points, 23 uh, pass completions on 35 attempts for 217 yards, one TD, one interception, but he also did lose a fumble. And so Tom Brady not having a great start as the goat over no. in Tampa Bay, that's kind of concerning, huh?
1: Well, you know what? May- maybe it's a it's a it's a problem with the heat.
0: <laughs> Just too warm over there, man. Right? It's, it's got to get cold. They got they once they travel to the colder states, he'll be fine. Right. Exactly. Be fine.
1: Yeah. We got to got to get the gloves
0: on. on. He likes playing with the gloves. Remember?
1: Exactly. Yeah. All right, so talking about some of our dud running backs for the week, we'll start with David Johnson, 6 points, 11 for 34, 2 or 4 targets, uh, receiving targets for 16 yards, and yet this is still the bulk of the workload in the offense.
0: Yeah. I mean, everyone on this offense kind of struggled in this game and they played Baltimore, right? Was that this week? I'm starting to get my weeks mixed (laughs) up a little bit already. We're only in week two. Oh man. But uh, yeah, David, you know, everyone struggled in this game and David Johnson, I would have was hoping to see a little bit of a continuation of what we saw last week. Obviously not quite as high of a point total. I think it was 18 points last week, but uh, you know, six points, that's not going to get it done. And I was, I was really hoping to see at least a 10 point week out of this guy, just so we could know that we could trust him, Right. It, it's really difficult to trust anybody on this uh, Texans offense at the moment because Deshaun Watson looks like he's struggling hard without his baby blankie and DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> Oops.
1: Yep. All right. So we've also got Todd Gurley, six point one points, twenty-one carries for sixty-one yards. Yeah, that
0: efficiency has to come up, and that, uh, and you know, he ran some routes on. Uh, on uh, he definitely ran some routes out of the backfield, but. Really didn't get the ball coming out of the backfield at all. I'd like to see him get some uh, receptions, at least a few. He's done it before, and I know that there's been concern about him doing it lately, especially with the, with the Rams have all put out, you know, before the offseason. But man, you, you got to figure Todd Gurley's better than this. He's better than this, and I, I'm curious if we're going to see it or not.
1: Yeah, well, here's a name that should make some people a little nervous: Derrick Henry, getting 84 yards, but on 25 carries. Yeah,
0: I mean, he was also targeted twice in the passing game as well, but no touchdowns throughout the first two weeks. And now you have a sub-10-point game, and you can't really afford that from your first-round pick. So um, are Henry owners starting to get a little bit nervous about this guy? I would be. I mean, what are you going to do, though? You're not going to drop him, right? Are you going to try to trade him? If you could trade Derrick Henry and still get some really solid uh, running back value in return, I would absolutely go ahead and do that. I mean – Joe Mixon is another guy who's still struggling, you know. Um I don't I don't necessarily know that I'd want to make a move from one to the other right now just because, you know, Mixon's got his own host of problems with that offensive line. He can't get anything going with that offensive line. They are porous. Mm-hmm. Um but Henry's Henry's issue is the quarterback just taking control of the team and you got to figure that they're going to go back to him, right? I fig- I figure they got to go back to him. I feel like If you just hold on to Henry, just give him a few more weeks, he'll probably put up a monster in there. And if at that point you want to try to sell high and say, hey, you know, I don't care whether he's this guy or not anymore, I'm just going to get off this train. Yeah. That might be the move to make.
1: Yeah. Another name on here that might disappoint some people, especially if you run a fab system like we do and you bet big Mm. Naeem Hines. Here we thought maybe, and turns out no. Well, at least for this week, uh, what happened?
0: Uh, <laughs> I have you know one reception, four yards, yeah, have, and that I, that's I'm it. I'm seeing these that's stats it. here,
1: right? Like, yeah, a running back After, whose production is one reception for four yards.
0: I mean, to be fair, uh, they played the the Vikings, right? And so they it, it wasn't exactly a pass heavy script game script, right? You, you, they could afford to just let John, Jonathan Taylor pound it around, and so.
1: Which they did, but it was still
0: after Naeem Hines' carry total, touch totals after Week One, though in Jacksonville, I you got to figure that they were going to use him heavy. I really like him uh, as as this year's kind of maybe a light version of Austin Eckler, but I, I especially with Philip Rivers there. I mean, I don't know how the comp gets any better with Marlon Mack out. You know, Jonathan Taylor, you know, another Wisconsin back, kind of look isn't too dissimilar from a Melvin Gordon, you know, and then you got Niamh Hines, who isn't too dissimilar from Austin Eckler. It's just, it all fits so well. You just want to put a little bow on it and hope that, you know, this is a nice little present moving forward. Hopefully this is just a blip on the radar. Yeah. And uh, we don't have any concerns about him moving forward.
1: Yeah, most definitely. All right. Some of our wide receivers and there's a name I don't like seeing on here. To start us off at the top of the list, why don't you take it away there? So I don't have to say it.
0: Yeah, Julio, mm-hmm. no touchdowns, Jones. Uh, yep.
1: three point four points. Is that what that is? Uh two receptions yep.
0: on four targets for twenty four points. You know, dealing with a hammy issue, and he just looked hampered in this game. Right. You know, there was a few there was a few there was more than a few passes that he should have had that it, it you know uh I know he had the two missed ones, but you know one of those was a, a deep ball that hit him right in the hands, and he probably would have fell into the end zone had he have caught that. It, those are t- it, it, it legitimately right in the hands, like you don't see Julio drop that. And so I'm wondering how much this hamstring is really hampering him. He, it, it seemed like it was bothering him quite a bit.
1: Right, and-, and it's the hamstring that really kind of bothers me with the reliability. Because if that's the kind of thing he's going to try and play through and then turn out and not really give you much production, even if he's, he's questionable going into a weekend and then still takes the field, well, you're going to play him. You're not going to, you're not, going to not play to. him. But now do I have to wonder every week, is he hurt and he's going to play through it? I'm going to start him. And now he's going to be fighting that injury the entire game and not being able to deliver what he needs to deliver.
0: And this is the reason why these are kind of the scary things, right? Because with these types of players... If they're active, you start them. You you have to, right? And so you almost can't afford not to. And with Julio Jones and this, it's a soft tissue injury. And soft tissue injuries are always really hard to bank on. You never know when they're going to reaggravate. That's a big thing is when players will often play through injuries. That's just a part of the game. That's part of the NFL, right? Certain players are better at it than others. Um Julio had a penchant for being injury riddled early in his career. And then towards this back half, you've seen him just be really reliable for fantasy football purposes. Although he does typically every season, even now still tend to miss at least a few games uh, dealing with some kind of minor issue. And so here we see one cropping up. Uh, I expect him to be okay moving forward, but yeah, I might uh, if I'm in a position where I can pivot away from a Julio Jones I would absolutely try to do so uh, for at least another week and, and see how he looks and when he starts to kind of bounce back uh, health wise. Moving on, we have Adam Thielen uh, coming in at four point six points. He had a he had a dumper because well Kirk Cousins had a dumper. That's just kind of how that works. Mm-hmm. Uh, Allen Robinson coming off a, a really poor performance that I'm sure he would like to ha- have that one back. Uh, three receptions on nine targets for only thirty three yards. Both Trubisky's interceptions targeted to Allen Robinson, and both of them honestly plays that you would have liked to see him make. Yeah. To be honest with you, I understand that they weren't the best placed balls, but they were fairly decently placed balls. They weren't, but they weren't bad balls at all. And with Allen Robinson, we were just talking about last week with this contract uh, issue with him and all that stuff. The, it, it did come out later on in the week that. M- Basically, uh, one of the major factors in this is kind of he wants that top tier wide receiver, you know, that 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 top Mike Evans type of wide receiver money type stuff. Whereas the Bears are kind of looking at him as more of like a Cooper Cup and looking at that kind of money. And it's really only the difference of like two or three million dollars a year. Um, so kind of like what you were saying last week is is that little that little extra couple million dollars could make all the difference. Right, but. Then he comes out and has a game like this, and you know you'd like to see him really. You know he kind of faded off in that route on that slant route a little bit uh, on the first ball that was tipped up that Chubisky had the interception on, right? You would have liked to see him really attack that ball a little bit better. The the uh, second interception where he it was the jump ball and he pulls it in and he pulls it into his, the ball into his body, but then the defender literally just rips it away from him. You would have liked to see him come down with those that ball as well. When you, when you want the DeAndre Hopkins type of money you got to play like DeAndre Hopkins, right? And so he's got to be a little aggravated at this because he knows he's better yeah. and um you know, I'm 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 fully hoping that he bounces back and that all this contract issues stuff just kind of resolves itself. If you see him make those plays on those balls and you see him be a dominant wide receiver on this team, contract issues aren't going to matter. Definitely. And then the last name I want to bring up is T.Y. Hilton coming in at four point three points, three receptions, five targets for only twenty eight yards in a game where we did see Paris Campbell go down with an injury. Uh, so yeah, that this this Colts team, man, it's just looking looking like a little bit of a mess right now. I mean, I grad, granted they're getting the job done, but uh, they definitely handed the Vikings. But it's it from a fantasy perspective. It's a little bit messy trying to mm-hmm. uh, figure out who you can trust on this team right now. Mo Alley-Cox is the one who shelled out with the big game, and uh, we'll be talking about him a little bit later.
1: All right, rounding out our duds for the week. In the tight end spot, we have Mark Andrews, 3.4 points, one for three and 29 yards. Not a lot of usage there, but you know what? And same goes, too, for the next one on our list, Austin Hooper. At three point two points, uh, and even going further.
0: You mean Austin Pooper?
1: <laughs> yeah, remind me of that. Well, but you know what? I will say this: despite the fact that these guys are going to be examples of how tight end, very difficult spot to project week to week. That's why it gets streamed a lot. But you know, you've got your guys that'll make those big, those big weeks, like we mentioned earlier. But then the so same guys will come back the next week and just be underutilized, usually out of necessity or. Because they weren't needed, and it's just going to happen that way. Because what you're going to see then, you know, with Austin Hooper, where did that production go instead?
0: Yeah, and that's a, that's, a, that's going to be exactly my point. Because I, I do, uh, I'm going to eat a little bit of crow on this one. I did recommend streaming Austin Hooper last week for this week. Um, you know, I really like that Cincy matchup, and the, you know, the Browns put up what was it like 35 points, and in in a game like that, that's it's kind of you know the ballpark that you would have put them in, and so. In that kind of game, I figured Austin Hooper would have an absolute solid chance of at least catching one mm-hmm. touchdown, right? Um, with as much as they like to run and any kind of goal line carries, maybe do a play-action pass to an open Hooper in the end zone. I was kind of hoping for one of those types of scenarios. Now, it didn't happen this week, but we did see the Cleveland offense start to execute a little bit more and really start to run their gameplay. I think as time wears on, you'll see Austin Hooper get a little bit more comfortable in this offense. You'll see Baker get more comfortable in trusting him. Uh, I'm not worried quite yet, but I'm also, um, this probably tells me that I'm off Hooper altogether until he strings together a couple of solid performances or at least one giant
1: breakout. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then rounding us out, we have, uh, Jimmy Graham. I mean, like we said, it's tight ends. It's going to happen.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you, if you don't get the touchdown, then you probably didn't do anything. And obviously Graham didn't get a touchdown. Um, uh, again, there's a lot of you could stream Graham any given week, uh, especially in the, in the softer matchups. But uh, there's so many better options ahead of him. I'd I'd be surprised if anyone really started Graham anyway. You'd yeah. have to have really been happy about what you saw last week to go all in on that.
1: Most definitely. And with that, we will round out our studs and duds for week two. But I hope you were listening closely to some of those duds because you may have heard some names we're about to talk of here. Because it's time to go. To the wire, where we talk about our incoming week three waiver wire names that may be around available for you if you just look a little bit for them or depending on your league composition. And one of those names that might be available for you, we're not sure, but at the quarterback position, Ben Roethlisberger.
0: Yeah, Ben Roethlisberger is a a guy that not a lot of people wanted to trust because of that elbow injury. And then you didn't know what things were going to look like with Deontay Johnson and Juju Smith-Schuster. And, you know, you bring in Chase Claypool, and you definitely have a lot of weapons there. But, you know, in a one-quarterback league, if you're in a 10- or 12-team format, you don't really have to roster Ben Roethlisberger. So he might be out there. Uh, He might be on the wire. And I, I feel like at this point, this is a guy that you can absolutely just trust and not worry about it at all. He's, he's going to put – he's the bearded man is back, man.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, a name that I know comes up quite a bit, uh, Joe Burrow.
0: Yeah, you know, a lot of people were really hope, hopeful for this rookie going into the season. Now I mentioned that I was as well. And last week I was really – I was more disappointed in the Chargers mat, uh, game than I was expecting to be. I didn't expect it to be a great game for him. But he just had a lot of weird plays that made me take a pause and a step back. And I said, okay, I need to see what I see against Cleveland before I, I really uh, want to – bank on this guy at all and i saw a lot of good things you know i saw a lot of good things from joe burrow in this cleveland matchup his deep ball is incredible this kid throws up a great deep ball you really saw him kind of take step up look a little bit more comfortable running this offense a little bit um he's he's still got a lot to work on on the the play-by-play execution uh and as far as a consistency standpoint goes but burrow is going to be a usable fantasy asset this year absolutely i might not use him at least in the immediate uh future until unless there's a a, it's a soft matchup but this is definitely a guy that you could stream in a pinch for sure
1: okay going a little bit going a little bit deeper down in the potential quarterbacks nick mullins what do you think
0: yeah i mean with jimmy gq q standing for questionable against uh next week um Nick Mullins is definitely a solid streamer candidate this week. Going against a soft matchup against the Giants, uh, you should see him be pretty suitable for getting you by a week if necessary, for sure.
1: Okay. Last one, uh, Justin Herbert.
0: Yeah, I would have liked to put him in our streamer category for uh, that's, why, that's why
1: I saved him for last. Yeah,
0: especially with the waiver, you know. <sighs> the problem is is so what happened with if you don't if you hadn't heard, Tyrod Taylor, the starting quarterback for the Chargers, got a pregame injection. Um I'm not really sure on the details on that uh, before the game, but as far as I understand, it's pretty standard stuff. And uh, he ended up with some shortness of breath, and I I, I think someone even reported a headache or a migraine or something like that too. They ended up bringing him to the hospital, and so Justin Herbert got the surprise start last second uh, against the Chiefs and had a really solid first outing, especially for a rookie, especially for last second. Herbert looked great and darn near beat the defending Super Bowl champions. Now, I don't want to make too big of a deal about it because – I don't, Herbert didn't himself beat, you know, or come close to beating the chiefs. The chiefs offense did look a little flat. They, they, they weren't explosive. Like they usually are. Pat didn't really turn it on to like the fourth quarter. And then obviously with the overtime, but the chargers still could have, they could have absolutely won this game. That, that, that overtime punt call. Everyone I think is scrutinizing uh, coach Anthony Lynn for that, that, that punt in overtime, Look, I mean, I I, I kind of get it, but this is overtime. It's the NFL, and you got the Chiefs on the ropes. How yeah. often is that going to happen? You know what I mean? You got a chance to beat the Chiefs, and that's a big deal. You know, you got you got to you got to go attack that. You can't you can't play that too passively because if you let Pat give if you give Pat a chance to beat you, he's probably gonna do it.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: But so in any case, getting back to Justin Herbert, it doesn't look like they're gonna start him. It looks there doesn't even look like they're gonna evaluate him to start him. It looks like if Tyrod's healthy enough to go and is is okay to go next week, they're going to just roll with Tyrod. They're not going to bring Justin Herbert back out. So you can't start streaming him just yet. But this is nice because in the, you know, the near future, whenever it does happen and the team does announce that they're moving from Tyrod Taylor to Justin Herbert, you can take the matchup. You can take a look at it and you can decide then if you can stream Justin Herbert right away, because we've already now seen him. And so that at least gives us a warm fuzzy going in if, if if it's a softer matchup and you really need a streamer, for sure.
1: Definitely. All right, moving on to some of our running back potentials. I've got a name for you, and we're going to break this down very simple arithmetic. Jarek McKinnon, because one, Mostert. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Jarek, we're going to make this real easy for you, because Mostert.
0: Mostert got owie. Coleman got Coleman. owie. McKinnon next in line. There
1: one, we go. One, two, three. One, two, three. Down the line. There we go. Yeah. Uh, next one up, <laughs> Daryl Henderson. I like that. Make it easy, right? Yeah, no, yeah I'm, I'm down with easy. Man. We shouldn't have to explain why. It's all right. Out, out. Well, there's your next choice.
0: Yeah, there's your next man up. Go now on. keep an eye on Mostert because there is the outside chance that he can play this this Sunday, but I, I, mo- most reports are it, it's it's unlikely. But uh, yeah, Jerick McKinnon could be a great waiver wire add at, at least for this week.
1: Okay, Daryl Henderson, current leader in, what What do you have down here? Random merry-go-round at the moment. <laughs> well, I mean,
0: yeah, I, I thought it was good. No, are we not going to use that? Maybe we don't use that. We'll uh, come up with something
1: better. Yeah, no, 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 no. Go ahead, but no, but, but but continue on there. Well, I mean,
0: with this with this backfield, Sean McVay has come out and and, and talked about taking a very Kyle Shanahan esque approach to this backfield between Cam Akers, Malcolm Brown, and Daryl Henderson, and and so to me, it really is like a random merry go round. See, I thought that was clever. No, yeah.
1: okay. Well, no, I got it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> just didn't appreciate it. Well, you know what? You make you make the punts from that one. <laughs> Cam makers banged up in this game, Malcolm Brown hurted his whittle finger, and Henderson balled out with the opportunity given to himself. You know, it, shelling off for 81 carries on 12 attempts for, uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> 12 carries for 81 yards and three targets, catching two of them for 40 yards. Brown is expected to play next week with that hurt finger, but with Brown only putting up 47 yards on 11 attempts while Henderson went off, can you really trust him? This sounds familiar. Did, did did we talk about this already? Is didn't we create like some kind of a fictitious scenario last week that
1: I think exactly this.
0: Was it wasn't it? We're exactly very close.
1: This? Or very close.
0: Henderson going off, Brown really just doing nothing and after uh everyone, you know, clamoring for Malcolm Brown off the wire, Henderson steps up and you know, Cam Akers going down is kind of the cherry on the top. <laughs> I just this is a backfield that's, you know, man, it's going to, be from on a week-to-week basis, this this is what we've been saying. It's going to be tough to, to figure out who you can start now. Right now, it is Daryl Henderson. And so, what do you do with Malcolm Brown? Well, if you spent a decent amount of fab on him, now you got to hold him, right? Um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. That's why I'm just, I'm hands off on this Rams backfield. I'm going to let mm-hmm. someone else deal with this headache. Who knows? Maybe it's a roster bomb, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, here's a name that should make for a pretty quick note. Mike Davis.
0: Yeah, short and sweet here. You know, he's the handcuff for CMC. CMC's out for the next 4 to 6 weeks. He thinks sooner. I'm hoping he doesn't rush it back because we all saw what happened to Kamara and Barkley last season. Now, CMC's great. And even just watching that game um we were just I was just watching this game that game earlier today. Man, is this guy good? He just it, there's no running back in the league like him and I, I could understand him wanting to rush back and I can understand him even being productive if he does, but I'm when a football player is not playing at a hundred percent or percent, they move differently. And when they move differently, they have a chance of tweaking something else or re aggravating an injury, things like that. I just hands off, you know, let him, let him get healthy. Mike Davis is the guy you can start in the interim. Just be aware of Reggie Bonifon. Check to see what his touch carry is like uh, next week. It just so you know, if you can trust him moving forward while, um, CMC is out.
1: Okay. And what do we think about Joshua, Ke- Joshua Kelly? Excuse me.
0: Yeah, Joshua Kelly is a great – is a must-add. He If he is not already taken off the waiver wire in your league, if you're in like some kind, any kind of a home league, he needs to absolutely be rostered. He is looking like he's going to be the new Melvin Gordon in town next to Austin Eckler. Got a team high, 23 carries against KC. You know, he might not have the production that Gordon had just yet, But he's getting the opportunity and he's looking good. You know, give him some chance to develop, let him start playing a little bit faster. I think this kid's gonna have a really bright future here.
1: Okay. This one's gonna be a question based on what we've seen injury wise this week. With with Saquon out, Mm, is there is there anyone to trust in that Giants backfield?
0: Yeah, so I got a whole paragraph I wrote here just kind of explaining how to handle this Giants backfield. Are we going with the whole paragraph or you want the short and skinny? Where are we at? We're at forty-seven minutes.
1: Go ahead, just give it to us. You want to give it? Oh, yeah. we're just
0: going to run with it. Okay. So, Deion Lewis, Wayne Gallman, or the dark horse candidate, Deontay Freeman, Devontae Freeman. I'm sorry. So, with Barkley gone, this this is the scramble that you you we have a starting running back in the NFL open for grabs, right? And nobody really knows if it's going to be Deion Lewis, Wayne Gallman, or Devontae Freeman. Now, if you want a piece of this backfield that could potentially turn out to be a season-long asset. You're going to have to cover your eyes and throw your dart. Deion Lewis did look good last week against Chicago, however, this is a rather important detail, he literally was the only healthy running back on the roster. New York decided to make Wayne Gallman uh, a healthy scratch going into the game, so there was no one else to turn to when Barkley went down. So there is absolutely a chance that Gallman, being the younger and bigger back, will be scripted to share a large workload with Deion Lewis, since it takes at least two running backs to make a Saquon Barkley anyway. I don't know how the splits are gonna end up working out at the moment, but I think that Lewis is really just a third down back, based on what I've seen, and I I somewhat expect Gallman to get the majority of the first and second down work, but this could easily end up being a 50-50 split. I don't think Lewis sees the vast majority of touches here over Gallman, and I think that it would be more likely for Gallman to see the red zone opportunities, making him, in my opinion, probably the more valuable back to own in the long run, but we have to see how much utilization he's going to get that that might be a completely irre- irrelevant statement. You know, we have to see what the next game looks like, right? So making things even more murkier and difficult is the looming threat of the Giants signing another running back off off the off the the free agency market onto the roster. Now, Devontae Freeman has been just chilling out, kinda waiting for a situation kind of exactly like this, <laughs> you know, and Keep a close eye on this one because the, I saw a report earlier today. The team's already talking to Devontae Freeman. It looks like it. All it all reports are indicating that Devonte Freeman is going to sign with this team. If that is the case, Devonte Freeman is where my money is going to be at. That's where my Fab dollar is going to be at. Um, maybe not right. I probably wouldn't plug and play start him even if you're a Saquon Barkley owner. I, I don't know. It's it's tough. Uh, you know, if the Devontae Freeman signs before the weekend, I think that. If you bid enough to get Devontae Freeman, you might be able to get Deion Lewis on the cheap and then maybe even just roll with Deion Lewis week one just because you know that he's guaranteed at least some touches because you don't want somebody to goose you, right? Right. But running backs are kind of those things where we've seen it in the past. You, you, uh, A couple of days, and that's all you need to be ready to go for to at least get a few touches in the weekend. Devontae Freeman, I think, would definitely be the most talented running back on this roster with Saquon down. So there you go, my friends. There we go. Good luck and happy hunting.
1: Yeah, a lot to take away from that. Thankfully, wide receivers, not quite as difficult this week. There's some something to say, but... Uh, There's some good ones, man. There, there, are, there are definitely some good targets worth keeping an eye on. Um, Chenault, Cole against Miami.
0: Yeah, that's a, it's a good matchup. Uh, you got LaVisca, Chenault, and Keelan Cole. Xavier uh, and Howard should draw the DJ Chark matchup, which sucks for Chark. Um, <laughs> but, you know, Ch- Chenault is... Obviously being worked in very early in, uh, into the season already, he, even as a rookie, he's getting scripted runs. They they want to get this guy the ball, and he's a game breaker. That's what he's – so kind of like the Mostert 80-yard touchdown that, you know, uh, I know a lot of people are taking victory laps about and, you know, having back-to-back weeks. Chenault's that same guy, and so – um, with him getting the touch totals that, that he's getting, he might be worth that that free stash ad. Keelan Cole also seeing a ton of targets, you know, 13 plus points in each of the last two weeks. I'm in. I'm sold on Cole. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Absolutely. I've liked this guy for, from years ago, to be honest with you, but with the quarterback mess in Jacksonville, he kind of just disappeared off the radar and now it looks like he's making his comeback. Perfect. I like it.
1: All right. I'm going to give you a name here because you've got something to tell the people who didn't listen to you before. Russell Gage.
0: Yeah, if you didn't believe me last week, stop being dumb. Pick him up and <laughs> play him if you're wide receiver needy, man.
1: See, he told you you had a chance. This is this is your last chance. Cause yeah, don't expect not, he, this. He's not going to be here next week. Right. Okay. Uh, Traquan Smith.
0: Yeah, evidently he's the handcuff to Michael Thomas. Um, I did not know that. Uh, I was expecting... So, everyone was expecting Emmanuel Sanders to really ball out here. And that kind of makes it a tough question with Emmanuel Sanders. What do you really do with him? A lot of people are calling to to drop him. And, I mean, as a Michael Thomas owner, I'm happy if you drop Emmanuel Sanders because I'm just going to go scoop him right up. I'd still, I think, rather play Emmanuel Sanders over Traquan Smith when Michael Thomas is not on the field. Uh, However, Traquan did look pretty solid in this game. He looked legit pretty good. Not great, but like a keepable receiver playing the... Michael Thomas' role in the Saints' offense with Drew Brees and that team, yeah. which is a fantastic team, anything can happen in any given week. And if you're competent to play in this offense, your odds of being productive are good, for sure.
1: Okay. Now let me ask you this: Do you go looking for MVS on the no. waivers this week?
0: I mean, I'm still a Lazard guy, and I I have Lazard pretty much everywhere. Um, See,
1: and I have MVS. This is why I'm hoping you tell me something good here. Yeah, I mean, he.
0: I mean, no, I mean, but he's the Nas target, right? Yeah. He's, the, he's the he's the game breaker. And so, whereas I like Alan Lazard because he's he's um, the more solid option. MVS is going to really blow up. And so, when you're looking at those um, wide receiver threes, if you need to play a wide receiver three or maybe four, you know, MVS is not a bad play. Anyway, even over Lazard, right? Because it depends on what you're trying to get. And if you say you're going against the number one team in your league, do you want to go with Lazard or MVS? No, you want to go with MVS because you're hoping he's going to break it out and bust off two long touchdowns and blow up over 20 points as your wide receiver three or four. Right, So it it just kind of looks what you're – depending on getting out of them. So for me, I needed someone to fill the shoes of Michael Thomas. And obviously Lazard's not going to do that. But I needed to get some kind of guaranteed point total at the wide receiver position. So that's why I I have Lazard as kind of my backup there. And I I had him plug and play. I have Jalen Rager as my game breaker who is yet to really make his breakout. Carson Wentz is struggling over there in Philly. It's making him kind of tough, and I'm, I'm going to have to hold off on Rager for a while until uh, he actually gets it done. Okay. It's unfortunate.
1: Well, finally, over to tight ends, another streaming position, and we've got some options this week.
0: Yeah, I'm just going to run through these Go really ahead. quick. Um, You know, Mike Asicki, Jordan Reed, Mo Cox. So if you're in need of a tight end to stream this week, Mike Asicki went off last week, um, you know – Jacksonville doesn't look like the softball we thought they were going to be, you know, going into season. Uh, to be fair, they have a lot of really young talent, but Kosicki Kas- has to be poised to break out after last week. And I'm, I'm, I'm looking for him to, st- to hit the steamroller button and really show us more of what we saw at the end of last year. And this, this guy is good, man. He's an athletic freak. Jordan Reed, we talked about earlier, if Kittle misses more time, I, I, I don't know the reports about Kittle going into this Sunday. We're going to have to keep an eye on that. Uh, follow us on Twitter for updates. But with Jordan Reed, if he does get more playing time in Kittle's absence, you can absolutely stream him because hey, we already know the San Francisco wide receiving core completely depleted, back of quarterback to boot, and so you got to figure the big target's going to get at least some volume, right. making him at least giving him a safe floor, right? Sure. And then Mo Ali Cox, the mountain, <laughs> I am dubbing him the. Is that Gregor Clayman? Sandor's the, the 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 dog, right? Right. I'm just kidding. I know it's not. Um, Mo Alley-Cox coming off with Trey Burton and Jack Doyle both banged up. Mo Alley-Cox capitalized on his opportunity on Sunday, catching five of his six targets for 111 yards. I've been waiting for this guy. <laughs> this guy is gigantor out there on the field, just yeah, heads above everybody else, man. I mean, he's, he's listed at, what, 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, 267, but he just looks like a beast yeah. out there. He looks like a grizzly bear running around out there who's just going to paw the football, and you're not going to be able to do anything against him. It's soft matchup. Against the Jets next week, I look for Rivers to play with his new toy.
1: All righty. Well, right now is your chance to open up your apps and go looking to the wire and find some of these guys. See if they're available. See if you've got space to stash them or pick them up to stream them for next week. Get them now because you're listening to us and you're going to beat everyone else to the wire. We've got a few guys on the list here to hold your horses on. Now, you sent me a list of four names as we were putting this together, and I took one look at that list, and I agreed with every four name on here. Me too. Well, I should hope you agree <laughs> with yourself. <laughs> uh, why don't we start us off in the quarterback position? So, at the quarterback
0: position... I have this guy with with an average of only about thirteen point five points, uh, fantasy points per game over the first two games of the season. You may be really ready to send Baker packing to the wire, and just start streaming the position for the season. Don't do that yet, at least not yet. Granted, Baker only gave you a shade of over sixteen points against Cincy in a game that you know the Browns pretty much dominated the whole way. He still had to put up a ton of points though, and he didn't really get a lot of production done. I get the worry, but you know. This is a team that's going to be predicated on the running game, as I was alluding to earlier. And to be honest with you, it should be. This is a really great running team with with the two backs that they have. And their offensive line look pretty much capable to feature these two running backs, at least against Cincy. Granted, they're not the best defense in the world. But even still, the, the the more the run game works, the easier it's going to be in the quarterback. You also bring in Austin Hooper, who's great at, at sneaking out for the easy receptions. You have game breakers in Odell Beckham, even Jarvis Landry is highly talented, and you know Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt can take it to the house anytime they get a ball on a swing pass out of the backfield anyway or a screen pass. And so there, Baker is still really surrounded by a lot of talent on this team, and. I would not be surprised to see them start to kind of develop a rhythm where Baker becomes more of a game manager, but the fantasy production is there um, as a baseline uh, for a volume floor play for him, because once they get going and he doesn't have to really carry the team anymore, I would look for Baker to, you know, he's going to, he's, He's a guy that can take it out of the backfield, maybe run it in for a touchdown. He's got Austin Hooper for the the big red zone target. He's got guys that are going to break away and give him the credit for passing TDs. I like Baker a lot. I'm saying hold on to him. You know, he's got a game against the team who should not be named coming up. I'm using that as kind of my decision maker. I'm, I'm holding him for now. I might, I might not start him against you know the the Washington Football Club, but. You know, I'm at least holding him for now if I have to go to the – if I'm considering streaming from the wire anyway, I'm just going to grab whatever quarterback I would start going into this week and you know, bench Baker if that's the way that I have to play it and kind of move on from there. Let Washington really be the tiebreaker here because we saw a decent game out of Baker, and Baker looked really good. It was really encouraging to see him come out on Thursday night and just yeah. be completely energized. That's the Baker we need to see. And so if we see more of that, I'm oh in. If we see this arrogant, I don't care – you know, morose. I'm getting beat up behind my offensive line every time <laughs> I drop back. Baker, I'm out and off to the wire yeah. you go. And I'm not just gonna. I'm just not gonna worry about it anymore. But hold your horses on him. Don't give up on him just quite yet.
1: Yeah, and I'm hoping everything you were just talking about rings true because in our dynasty Q two QB league, he is my number two quarterback there. So, yeah, for uh, sure. Um, cross my fingers. That not uh, a bad quarterback to have no, as your QB two not as though. A
0: no, for sure.
1: So I liked what I saw last week, and I'm hoping we uh, see a continual rise. Now, for our running back, Hold Your Horse, this is uh, probably my player's surprise of the week. Not that he doesn't deserve it, not that he hasn't been capable of it in the past, but Leonard Fournette.
0: Yeah, I'm going to keep this one a little bit shorter with Leonard Fournette. I feel like it's kind of low-hanging fruit to pick on him here uh, for this segment, but I also don't... I also don't feel like taking the, the heat for not telling people not to start <laughs> Fournette against Denver, okay? Look, I know Von Miller is not there. I know Denver's offense isn't likely to put up a lot of points. And I know that we should look for Arians to focus on a ground game to eat up as much time of possession as possible against in this game, making Fournette a sneaky start with you know, a, a great volume floor. Don't care. Don't do it.
1: Okay. Okay. All right, now you had a wide receiver choice here. And you had a few things to say with Chase Claypool.
0: Yeah, Chase Claypool. So this one kind of it breaks my heart to put him in this segment, but you know Well,
1: I mean looking at the looking at the points, first of all, sixteen
0: point three. Yeah. Why wouldn't you want to bet on this guy, right? Right. No, exactly. I mean, and, and I've I've come out on the show calling him the next this, this year's uh, biggest. Uh, I think that if I had to put money on who I thought this year's AJ Brown was going to be, Jace Claypool was my pick. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think I mentioned that in our three-part miniseries series yep. that we released. And you know, I love this guy. I I, I I I really do mean it. Um, I really really like this dude. But I'm going to say these names, and I want you to do me a favor, and I want you to tell me where Claypool's name fits into the mix. For guaranteed touches, okay, just above or below Juju Smith-Schuster,
1: below for sure,
0: right? Okay, Deonta Johnson,
1: likely below.
0: Okay, so he's at least third in line. Okay, right. so let's go even further. Let's go James Washington.
1: I'm saying probably below. It's getting a little closer, yeah. I mean, that yeah. was the
0: question going into the season, right? Was yeah. he drafted to be James Washington's replacement, or is 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 he? Are they all going to see targets? What about Eric Ebron?
1: This is where I'm thinking above. You but, think about
0: okay, so that but, still puts some fourth in line. But it's
1: still a line. maybe.
0: Sure, I mean with Eric Ebron tight end position, he's still newer on the team. We haven't really seen a ton from Ebron yet. We'll we'll see if anything kind of develops there between him and Roethlisberger. But so according to this, we expect him to be at least fourth in line for targets. Right. Well, we're also not counting James Conner out of the backfield. We're not counting Anthony McFarland, who should be coming on out of the backfield right in weeks to come. Oh, and by the way, he was behind all four of the guys that I mentioned in last Sunday's game. He was fifth in line for target, yeah. for target share, and he was tied at that. And so, you know, uh, give me a second. I just got to find my place on the paper again real quick. He was behind all of these guys on Sunday. And, look, I like this kid. I have super high hopes for him in his career in the NFL. But I'm waiting till one of these guys ahead of him for, like, one of them to go down before I really start feeling like I can spare a roster spot for this guy with a limited uh, bench and redraft you know he's going to give you these nas performances probably more frequently than we might think for being a rookie right but until he has the volume floor or at least establishes that this kind of role in that that pittsburgh offense that this is who this guy is you'll never know which games you can use him for right he's got to really establish himself like raheem most did last year going into this season right and i i know i used a running back as a comparison but
1: it, still yeah valid okay uh, finally,
0: as a tight end, hold your horse, Dalton Schultz. Yeah, you know, um, Dalton Schultz is Dalton Schultz is my hold your horses tight end pick for the week. He's filled in admirably for the lost but not forgotten Blake Jarwin catching. Can you tell how much I miss Blake Jarwin catching nine of ten targets for eighty eight yards and a touchdown, but also losing a fumble. However, the Atlanta Falcons are not the Seattle Seahawks, so be wary of trusting the unproven. Jamal Adams is on the Seahawks defense. He did shut down Hayden Hurst too. I'm just saying, you might be clamoring to start this guy going into the week for a, a for a streaming candidate, and I would I would like to see how he does against a, a better defense first. And you know that was just kind of a weird game for the Cowboys to begin with, all around against the Falcons. They came back what, to win 40, 40 to thirty nine, and they came back what what was it like three touchdowns they were down or something like that? Man, it was crazy. Yeah, yeah. it was a, it was a great comeback though.
1: All right, well, there we go. We have Baker Mayfield, we have Leonard Fournette, we have Chase Claypool, we have Dalton Schultz. Hold your horses.
0: Just a little bit.
1: Just a little bit. Okay, now it's time for a segment that, now that we are into week two, and this is a little more applicable, for our Shy Guys football fantasy leagues, we like to talk about some of the big things that happen throughout our league. You hear us mention some of the big games at the beginning, um, but one that we think will help your team out a lot is to analyze some of the trades that happen and we have our trade of the week for the shy guys football leagues why don't you let us know what happened then?
0: yeah so in our in our dynasty league we call it the eternal glory league um we had a trade that involved two of our league mates and it, it it was really the only trade that happened kind of making it our de facto trade of the week but we have it so we're gonna roll with it uh perry and Corey, here's our little unsolicited advice Listen up. So Perry traded Noah, Fant- Noah Fantastic to the Silly Rabbits in exchange for Devin Singletary and Scotty Miller. With the Silly Rabbits desperate for a tight end with uh, having Kittle injured, Noah Fantastic was brought in to be the savior at the, at the cost of what might be the illustrious career for Devin Singletary and, you know, Wes Welker Part 3, The Littlest White Pirate. <laughs> a shrewd move now owning two shares of basically two incredibly young and incredibly gifted tight ends that will be dominant for years to come and possibly, but you know, you could possibly even use one of these guys as a trade bait down the line uh, later on to secure an even better RB2. Or if you're looking at trading Kittle, obviously you might even be able to get an RB, a low end RB1 out of that. Well, um, so once, you know, fans value kind of cements its place in self, you can make that determination on which of those two that you want to keep. But you know, Going over to Perry's side of things, he breathed a little sigh of relief, letting go of Noah Fant, uh, having Evan Ingram, his stud tight end that's carrying his team, showed that he might be able to keep be trusted to keep that tight end role, at least for a, a little bit longer. Um, in desperate need of running backs, however, Perry had little choice but to trade away for more immediate usable depth at, the, at the other positions. You know, overall, I call this a pretty solid move for both teams. Best of luck, guys. May the odds be ever in your favor.
1: Well, there you go that'll do it for our trade of the week before we put a cap on week two being the shy guys we always like to take a little trip down to the hometown corner the anthony's analysis of our hometown chicago bears
0: yeah buddy quickly going to be my favorite segment of the week oh yeah all right so we'll kick this out show you know maybe one day maybe (laughs) one day should i be so lucky yeah so with the Bears traveling into Atlanta, we'll see the first real test for this defense against one of the top passing off offenses of the league. With Julio hampered a bit, the Bears could be in for a bit of a break, but then they still have to contain Calvin Ridley, Russell Gage, Hayden Hurst, and oh yeah, that uh, that Todd Gurley guy. He's I hear he's pretty good. <laughs> um, I expect Mitch to be and you know possibly feel pressured to be put up some points in this one, and that's kind of the issue with him, right? Gaining his confidence and being mentally prepared to be the franchise quarterback is exactly where Mitch struggled last season and exactly where he needed to improve this year to, in order to take that next step that we all need to see him take if he's going to keep that starting job. And as I was hoping, he's built up a little bit of momentum going into this one, right? And uh, I think it's going to help him, but he's he's got to get plenty – he's got plenty of room to take advantage uh, of this Falcons defense. If he can hang in there – I think that will be enough for him to maintain his role, but I would really like to see him light the world on fire here. This is a perfect game to really make a statement um, and really define this season the way he wants to. We'll see if he can do it, but this is, this is all on him. The defense is not going to win this game for him here. If he bombs and puts up a stinker, he may only get next week to bounce back if he even gets that. And so I think that he's earned enough of a leash here in the first two outings. And I, I like what I've seen plenty enough from him in the first two games that I think that it's, it's, they're really only going to pull the plug on him in an extreme, in case of emergency, gl- break glass type of situation. I think if he, if he doesn't get the job done here, I think that he will still get a chance next week against Indianapolis, uh, like I've been saying all offseason. But uh, he would have to have just a monstrously terrible performance in order for them to make the switch. And once that happens, there, there may not be any going back.
1: All right, well, still looking forward to another great season out of the Chicago Bears. Well, a better season out of the Chicago Bears, but liking what we're seeing so far, uh, it's, it's... you got to be happy with the two wins, yeah. for sure. Yeah, I will take them. I'll take the them anyway the day, and get you them. And, and they have not made for boring games, that's for sure.
0: No, absolutely. And, you know, to be honest with you, watching that Giants game, the, the scoreboard was a heck of a lot closer than the game mm-hmm. ever was. Uh, the Bears really dominated that game all throughout. Yeah. Um, you know, you saw the two picks in the second half, but to be honest with you, it didn't it didn't look like they were really trying to dominate the game. It looked like they were trying to milk the clock a little bit more and just kind of hang on to that lead like they they typically do when they get up. Matt Nagy likes to just kind of put the pressure on the opposing offense to to put the points up.
1: Well, that'll do it for this week's episode of the Shy Guys Football podcast. And as we begin to close on week 2 and look forward to week 3, I'd like to say now is the time that the patterns are going to start to emerge when it comes to consistent production. As we said before, two points—they're not going to tell you. Two points of data aren't going to tell you everything you need to know. But Maybe you need to
0: see the pattern for sure.
1: Right. You're going into week three. Pay very close attention to how your players have been trending because you're going to start to see those patterns develop. This is the time when it's still a little too early to make some of the rash decisions. As we told you in the hold your horses segment. But you can start planning where some of your guys, especially the ones that you drafted high on, may not be starting to pan out the way you thought or aren't being utilized as expected. So week three is going to be crucially important going forward to keep an eye on those and get moving. But with that, we will bring the episode to a close. Thank you for watching the Shy Guys Football Podcast. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can leave a comment down below on our YouTube channel, and we'd love to hear from you about some of your big wins and losses, any questions you have. You can also tweet at us at Shy Guys Football, or send us an email at ShyGuysFootball at gmail.com. And if you also happen to be a coffee or an energy drink sponsor, we'd love to hear from you as well.
0: Um, Power thirst.
1: Yes, exactly. So in the meantime, best of luck on all your waiver wire picks and your trades going into week three. And until then, we'll see you next time. Peace out.